We light this candle as a symbol of hope, light in the darkness, a promised Savior. The birth of Jesus reminds us that God draws near to us in our time of need. Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 22. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. This is the word of the Lord for us. Most children are afraid of the dark, aren't they? Their, their imaginations run wild. When the lights go off, they start dreaming of and seeing and, and thinking they see those monsters and the boogeymen. You know, the coat tree looks like a villain. The, the glimmer coming off of those beads on the floor look like two glowing eyes of some evil creature. Um, so it's not uncommon for parents, and I've certainly uh, done this my share of times, to try to settle down your children when they're frightened, when they're scared, when it's dark. You know, sometimes I'll admit that I've resorted to just turning on all the lights. You do that at risk of like, they're going to kind of wake up, but at least you're going to kind of uh, make sure they're not afraid anymore. So I do resort to that at times where I just, let's just flick on the lights. And now we know there are any scary beasts. There aren't any purple minions. <laughs> you're okay. Uh, it's funny though, isn't it? That when we're kids, we're afraid of the dark. But when we grow up, it's the electric bill that makes us afraid of the lights. <laughs> Our darkest times can be the most hopeless. Darkness can feel like a weight that's sort of crushing you and pressing down on you, almost like a heaviness. In fact, I mentioned that a few weeks ago. If you were with us, I mentioned that I have felt the darkness recently. I have felt the darkness grasping at me, and maybe you have too. Maybe it's this sin-sick world grabbing at your children. Maybe it's just a sense of discouragement or depression. Maybe it's temptation that seems to lurk around every corner. Temptation to imitate sinful attitudes and behaviors. Darkness. It can also come in the form of, of sickness or injury. It can come in the form of confusion or doubt or certainly fear and stress. Here we are, ready for another Christmas season. And if you didn't hear it this morning or in the marketplace this week, you'll hear it soon. Are you ready for Christmas? And I know some of you just scream inside when you hear that question. Another Christmas? Another party to attend? Another gift to buy? And there are sometimes added stresses. Will he still be in the hospital? Will I have enough money? Is this the right job for me? Or can I find something else? Or the, the stresses that come along with parenting and marriage or dating, school, 
And, and all the while, by the way, keeping it looking good on your Insta. But there's good news. Even in the darkness, even in that sort of heaviness, there is good news. We have hope because Jesus shines brightly in the darkness. Can I get an amen? What good news we have to share this morning. So that's just what we're going to talk about today. Let me introduce myself. I'm John. I serve as lead pastor here at MCA. Thrilled that you're with us, and I'm praying that through our time together, your heart and home grow stronger in the Lord. So as Jeremy mentioned, today we're beginning our Christmas series, and we're calling it Hope for the Holidays. Hope for the Holidays. So I have four messages planned that we will cover this month. In fact, I'll just share them with you now that we know what we're looking forward to for Hope for the Holidays. The, the four messages are Hope in the Darkness. Hope in the brokenness, hope in the uncertainty, and hope in the busyness. We have hope for the holidays. So we're going to be in several different passages of Scripture today. The primary text is one that uh, Alicia read for us a moment ago in in Matthew chapter 1. But we'll be in a few different uh, passages of Scripture, including some Old Testament prophecies. Because we know from Isaiah chapter 9 about the long-awaited Messiah. And there's no secret that it's Jesus the long-awaited Messiah, who will shine like the dawning of the sun, like a, like a light. And so here's what it says in Isaiah 9 too. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This, of course, is the same passage where in verse 6 it says, for to us a child is born, a son is given. And I think I can even speak on behalf of all of us here Uh, When I say we've experienced some heaviness recently, like MCA as a church family has walked through some really heavy things recently. Uh, Rita was making a list. Rita serves as our secretary. And um, I noticed the other day I was talking with her and she said, yeah, I've actually been writing down the weird, bizarre, hard, crazy things that have happened to us like just this fall, just since like September, October, November. Um, We had a broken water pipe that flooded our building. We were robbed. We had two individuals break into our building and, and steal things. And, and those individuals have, um, those alleged individual uh, criminals have uh, just, I'll say, troubling backstories. Uh, one, of, one of whom is no longer living. Bizarre. Uh, We were named in a national news article associated with the child abduction uh, and have certainly received uh, some backlash from the public for that. We had a staff member fall and break her arm. And then just recently, we had these rounds of uh, scam emails, multiple rounds uh, imitating multiple staff members. So just again, a, a reminder there. If you get an email, it might even have my name on it or another staff person's name or picture Uh, read it again, read closely. We're typically not going to be asking you for nefarious sounding like Amazon gift cards or anything like that. But we've been preyed upon by scammers who have uh, really done, in some cases, a sophisticated job of imitating us and sending out emails uh, as if they were us. It's been a season of heaviness 
To which I say, what a real, what a, what an amazing season for us to have been walking through the book of Philippians. <laughs> like, God has perfect timing. So, what, what a great season for us to cling to this message in the scripture of contagious joy because of Christ. That our joy does not stem from our circumstances. Like, well, if you get robbed, you can't have joy. No, no, no. We have joy despite our circumstances. So, I think it's a beautiful thing. We have joy because of Christ. And so we're all going to experience hardship and darkness. It's really part of the fallen world in which we live. So that's really what Isaiah was getting at in that prophecy about the the coming light on the people who are walking in darkness. So it was, I'll take us all the way back to Genesis. Um, It was into God's perfect world when Adam and Eve sinned. Sin was introduced and the world became broken, like Evil and death were introduced. And so it was the start of, I guess what we could call a really long and terrible and dark night that fell upon humanity and the world. So for thousands of years, humanity endured this sort of darkness after the fall. The world lived in darkness under the curse. Now, there were glimpses in that dark time of of hope. There were, there were these sparks of light. So even as God was passing judgment on humanity back in Genesis chapter 3, in verse 15, we have the, uh, the, the line where the Lord says, uh, from now on, you and the woman will be enemies. He's speaking to the, to the serpent. Um, your offspring and her offspring will be enemies. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That's sort of this reference to, even there early on, as God is explaining the curse, this reference to Christ. It's a glimmer of hope amidst the darkness. Another big one that comes in Genesis chapter 12, when the Lord chose the man Abraham and promised him, you will be the father of a great nation. I'm going to make you a blessing to all people, all families on earth, God says to Abraham, all families on earth will be blessed through your offspring. By the way, we're making plans for a sermon series in the new year, in 2023. Um, and the elders have approved it, and so we're kind of ge- gearing up for that. One of the things that we're going to do, this is very ambitious. <laughs> Some of you are like rolling your eyes, like, come on, John, why? Why always? <laughs> One of the things we're going to do is preach through the book of Genesis next year. We're going to preach through the book of Genesis. I think our plan is we're going to break it into four parts. So we'll do Genesis part one, then we might do a few other things, and we'll come back to it, Genesis part two. So it's not going to be straight through, but we're going to, that, that's our goal. So we're actually going to, in the coming days and months, we'll hear a lot about Abraham and, and the story of God's unfolding plan from the very beginning, which I'm very excited about. But we see God using the Old Testament prophets. So we see these, these glimmers of hope, these sparks of light, And God uses the Old Testament prophets to talk about the day that is coming where light will break through, where the Messiah will come. So even though you're experiencing a long and dark night, a new era is going to dawn, a savior will be born, hope will spring forth. But then after the Old Testament prophets, isn't it interesting, and this happens in our Bibles between the Old Testament and the New Testament, where there's 400 years of silence. Where it, it almost seems, it seems as if God isn't speaking. 400 years of, of darkness and silence. And everywhere you looked during that time was ugliness, was sin. There was corruption in government leaders, corruption in the house of worship. 
and humanity longing for an end to the darkness. As we talk about darkness and heaviness, I feel compelled to also share, you know, part of my own personal journey. This year's been hard. This summer, I hurt my back really badly. It was a dark time as I struggled with pain and then the emotional toll of not being able to lead my family, not being able to care for the ones that I'm called to care for, not being able to serve the church like I need to. I spent 22 days flat on my back, during which I, I had a, an out-of-state speaking engagement that I had to cancel that I was disappointed about, again, and amidst all many other responsibilities that I was unable to perform. And the worst were the nights. The worst were those sleepless nights, hurting and in pain. I would just count down the, day, the, the minutes and the hours until morning, just looking, looking at the window, hoping for the sunlight to start breaking through. It was hard to stay positive in those dark times. And this is where the world was. The prophets said it's coming, but then God goes silent. They said, just keep watching. The Messiah is going to come. But you wonder, when is he coming? Year after year. Another century goes by. 400 years. The world hurting and miserable and weary and fearful. And I think longing for that light beginning to peek through the window. People looking for hope in a world that was hopeless. And then finally, after those 400 years, there was hope. God spoke. And the story begins really with him speaking to Zechariah. In fact, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. That's one of the places we'll be this morning. Luke chapter 1, where, so God promises Zechariah. I'm not going to get into his story. I think it was a a year, maybe two years ago, that we did a whole sermon on Zechariah and Elizabeth. But uh, he says to him, he's going to give him a son. He's going to give him John to he and Elizabeth. And John is going to prepare the way for the Savior that was coming. Uh, so again, this is in Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 67. Uh, this is, John is born, and then uh, Zechariah, who's able to speak then, gives a prophecy. So Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 67. It says, then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He's been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We've been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son. So again, the scene here is Zechariah holding his newborn John. You, my little son, he says, you'll be called prophet of the most high because you'll prepare the way for the Lord. You'll tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. Check this out, verse 78. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us in the path of peace. So God remembered the promise to Abraham, of course, God remembered what he had told the prophets of old, that he would send a savior. 
that that savior would come from the line of David, that the wait was over. The time had come. Yes, the night was through a new day dawning. It's the end of the reign of evil and sin, darkness and death, pain, living an unfulfilled, empty life. There is hope. And that's the good news that we can share today. It was good news then, and it's good news today. There is hope because Jesus shines in our darkness. And so here's what I want to do with the rest of our time together. We haven't turned to Matthew chapter 1, but I'd like to do that. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. And I I want to, uh, as we look at that passage, I want to share three ways that this impacts our lives. So this good news that the light of Jesus shining uh, gives us hope. Three ways it impacts our lives. When the light of Christ shines on you... He illuminates your path. He illuminates your path. Life is full of making decisions. It's full of choices. It starts with uh, early on in life when you're faced with, do you want this or that? What choice, what choice are you going to make? You're constantly faced with what to do. Making good decisions, of course, is kind of a mark or a sign of maturity. You, you can handle the pressure that comes along with your choices. It reminds me of the story I heard of a, a young boy, and he asked his father, Dad, what does it mean to be a man? The dad sort of puffs out his chest and says, Well, son, listen, being a man means you're the person in control of the situation. You're the one who makes the important decisions. Oh, I see, the kid says. Then I hope to be a great man one day, just like mom. <laughs> Anyone else want, want help and, and a little guidance with making decisions and choices in life? I know I do. The light of Christ will illuminate your path. As followers of Jesus, we have a guiding light, the Word of God. Of course, we know this from, from Psalm 119.105. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. So God has good plans for your life. God will help you to know his will. The question is, are we willing to walk in obedience to that will? We have a great example of that in Joseph. And so I hope you're with me in Matthew chapter 1. Again, this is where Alicia read for us a few moments ago. Joseph discovers his fiancée is pregnant. This is shocking. This is scandalous. He decides, I'm just going to quietly break it off. I'm not going to subject her to public shame and disgrace, but I'm going to end this. I have no interest in her as my wife because clearly there's something going on here. He finds out his fiance is pregnant and he's going to just end it quietly. But verse 20, God has other plans. After he had considered this, that is his plan to just kind of break off the relationship and walk away. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So God sends him a message and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Everything suggests here that Mary has done the unthinkable, that Mary has done something wrong. But God sends him a message saying, no, 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 here's my plan. I want you to take her as your wife. And so how does Joseph respond? Just jump down to verse 24. When Joseph woke up, remember this was in a dream. The angel came to him as he was sleeping. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. He walked in obedience. But Joseph, what are people going to think? God said, said, take her as your wife. But Joseph, 
How can this be? Well, what are you talking about here? The Holy Spirit has come upon her. What is conceived within her is, Joseph says, God said, take her to be your wife. But Joseph. Now, how do you know that this is the right decision? Joseph, aren't there other women that you could marry? God said, take her to be your wife. This is the heart of Joseph. He chose to walk in obedience in a scandalous, difficult, challenging situation. Unprecedented, we might say. He chose to walk in obedience. He chose to say, God said, take her to be my wife. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take her to be my wife. Do you need guidance for your life? Listen to the Lord. The light of Christ will shine on you and illuminate your path. Are we willing to walk in obedience? Joseph seems to just be able to move forward with complete trust in God. He's not afraid. It's, it's like David says in Psalm 23. Of, uh, we, we all know this. We've heard it over and over. Verse 24. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. That was his mentality. That was his attitude. So what good news that the light of Christ will illuminate our path. And then Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world. If you stay for our Sunday school hour, by the way, you'll spend some time, hopefully you'll spend some time kind of unpacking that and discussing that. But Jesus says, you are the light of the world. He says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He lights our path so that we can point others on that same path to him. So that they might see him. See, without Christ, we're all lost. And the truth of the gospel is that only the light of Christ can save your soul. And that's the th second thing that I want to point out to us this morning. What impact does the light of Christ shining on you have? It illuminates your path, but only the light of Christ can save your soul. Only he is able to save. Only Jesus perfectly fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. There are over 300 of them. I don't think I need to rehash them. We don't really have the time for that. Maybe you remember just last year for our Christmas series, it was the gospel according to Isaiah. I unfolded a paper of about 12 or 13 pages of Old Testament prophecies, many of which, most of which are from Isaiah, that Jesus perfectly fulfilled. Born of a virgin. Again, unprecedented. That doesn't happen. Yes, it does. For one pregnancy called Emmanuel. He'd come from the house of David, from the tribe of Judah. He'd be called a Nazarene. He'd be born in Bethlehem. He'd be both fully God and fully man. Jesus fulfilled all of the prophecies about the Messiah. Only Jesus can save our souls. And so the angel, back to Matthew chapter 1, the angel says to Joseph in this message, in verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. The scriptures tell us that there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And so I want you to hear this clearly this morning. If you've never turned to the Lord Jesus and called on him asking for the forgiveness of sins, 
to redeem you, to purchase you with his shed blood, we just commemorated with communion, then today's the day. In fact, our prayer team will be available in the front after the service. We would be honored to pray with you, to go with you before God's throne of grace, to lead you to the Lord. The good news is, from Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. There is salvation only in the mighty name of Jesus. The light of Christ shining in our darkness means salvation for our souls. And so as we talk about shining as lights for Jesus, well, light must be received before it can be given. And so you're not going to shine brightly unless you've made that choice, unless you've invited Christ into your own heart and life, unless you say day in and day out, each, each morning as you arise, that you say, Jesus, I choose you to be ruler of my life. I choose you as master. I choose you as Lord. So Jesus says in John eight twelve, I... I'm the light of the world. I am the light of the world. You go, oh, wait a minute. I thought we were light of the world. No, no, no. Only because Jesus is the light of the world can we be sent out as lights in the world. I am the light of the world. And then check this out. John 8, 12. Here's what the Lord Jesus says. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Salvation only in. Christ our Lord. Okay, so we've talked about the fact that the light of Christ illuminates your path. We've talked about the fact that the light of Christ saves your soul. There's one other truth from Matthew chapter 1 that I want to cover, and that is the light of Christ encourages your heart. When we're weary, when we're discouraged, when we've gone astray, when we're feeling the weight of darkness, it is Christ illuminating us, lighting us, that warms our heart. It's like the warmth of a sunrise. It's like the the cozy glow of a fire. And even those are poor analogies. The light of Christ is a comfort to weary hearts. The scriptures say, sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So when you're in darkness, the best remedy is light. I mean, this happens in the medical world, right? For people who are susceptible to uh, seasonal affective disorder, right? Which is kind of hilarious irony that it's an acronym SAD. <laughs> Otherwise known as the winter blues. Seasonal affective disorder. Winter blues. For, for those that are susceptible to that, the treatment plan calls for light therapy. Light therapy. Like, not only are there physical benefits, like, of course, the vitamin D, but there are untold emotional advantages to light therapy. Your spirits are raised. Your hope is restored. When the light of Christ shines in the darkness, well, as the classic carol says, the weary world rejoices. The weary world. So back to our passage in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, as we talk about the light of Christ encouraging our heart. All this took place to fulfill what he had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive. And give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you need encouragement? Does your heart need uplifted? Be reminded again of this good news that we have a God who draws near to us. 
That we have a God who comes to us. That Emmanuel is here. That he is indeed a light that is dawning in our lives. In fact, it's interesting that the high priestly blessing that the Lord gave Aaron, he tells him, you know, you're, you're to bless the Israelites. Well, he gave it to Moses, but it says, tell Aaron, bless the Israelites with this from Numbers chapter six. It, it is the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I, I love that. The face of God shining upon his people. Like, isn't that a description of God's heart toward us? God's great love radiating into our lives and over our world. It's like a parent who takes great joy and pleasure in their child. And so in God's unfolding plan of redemption for all of creation, for for God's plan for those people, the ones walking in darkness, he is coming again. He is coming again. And so I mean that in a twofold way. We have hope because Jesus shines in the darkness. And in this season of Christmas, we celebrate the birth of the Christ child. But we do so knowing that he's coming again one day as conquering king, as ruler, as judge. And so we have hope. We have hope. When he returns, he's going to call to himself all who have chosen him as Lord to live with him for eternity in paradise. (laughs) So when the night gets dark, when life leaves you weary, don't lose hope. Christ has come. And as we say around the resurrection time, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Will you trust in the Lord's plan? Will you walk in obedience, even if it's scandalous or challenging or difficult? Will you allow the light of Christ to shine on your life? I want to encourage us, church, this Christmas, let's celebrate God sending his son to be born of a virgin, to be the only one who could be the savior and redeemer of the world. Just as the angel proclaimed to Joseph here in Matthew chapter 1, give him the name Jesus! Because he's the one that's going to save his people from their sins. And so be reminded that you are not alone in your sorrows or darkness. That he is with us. That he wants to shine on us. Because of the light of Jesus shining in our darkness. Oh, we have hope for the holidays. Let's pray. Oh, good, gracious, loving, heavenly father. We come before your presence boldly because we are under the banner and under the name and protection and shed blood of our Lord Jesus, the Savior and Redeemer of the world, the Christ child. And so, Lord, we give you thanks and praise and honor and glory today for your master plan that even through the times where you were seemingly silent and when the darkness was pervasive, Lord, you were at work. And today, Lord, in this holiday season that can be stressful and overwhelming, you are at work, O God. Thank you that you meet us in the darkness and that the light of Christ shines on us. That when we are confused and uncertain, that you light our path. That when we need a safe harbor for our souls, you are the Savior who holds us near. 
that when we are discouraged and downtrodden, Lord, it's your light that encourages us, that lifts our eyes to see you clearly. And so, Lord, we give you thanks. And as we enter into the Christmas season, Lord, that we would continue to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And that even today, Lord, Christ would be born anew in our hearts as we choose you to be ruler and master of our lives. So, Lord, we look to you with great hope for all that you are doing. Knowing that you will return as we eagerly await that glorious day. And we pray this only in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen.